Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. We are days away from training camp opening up, so I will be going over some 49ers hot topics and questions I've heard brought up over the offseason, and what my reaction or response is as a general fan. I have no insider knowledge other than the basic ability to not be stupid, and I'm hoping to pass on some of that wisdom to you. Let's jump into the topics. Topic 1. San Francisco will trade a quarterback. Who? Lance? Darnold? Purdy? As a fan, I know the reality of certain situations, and having three starting caliber quarterbacks is ripe for trade discussion. But pump the brakes, because San Francisco doesn't know if they have one starting quarterback, let alone three. Let's dissect why people believe we could have three starters. Sam Darnold was drafted third overall and was largely mismanaged, yet ended last year highly efficient, and under Shanahan, he could blossom. Trey Lance, drafted third overall as well, has had two injuries which derailed his development and now has the knowledge and fire in his belly to inspire a spark in his play. And then there's Brock Purdy, the least talented of the three, yet most effective, and should benefit with another year in Shani's system. This is all great, but why did Purdy get playing time last year? Why did Lance become second string in the eyes of Shani and Lynch? Why was Darnold cheap enough for San Francisco to even sign? Only one season in Shanahan's tenure has he played just one quarterback, which was 2019. It is almost a guarantee San Francisco will need two, if not three, quarterbacks to play this season. There is a reason why they won't trade Lance, unless for a king's ransom. And it isn't to recoup what they gave up to get him, but because they know they might very well need him to take snaps during the season. Which is why they also went after Darnold. Because the only reason Purdy became a phenomenon was because the two starters in front of him went down with season-ending injuries. Darnold and or Lance aren't trade chips. They are the reality San Francisco has been living in the last six seasons. Teams don't draft or sign players they think they can quickly move. This isn't the real estate market. You don't court a player or invest scouting hours into players you think you can draft and flip. They draft or sign the players they think will make their teams better. Only we as fans view this as a potential for draft capital, and it is silly. Now, perhaps moving on from Mike McGlinchey will help maintain quarterback health, and even if that is the case, you do yourself no favor by showing the league you're into short-term games with players. You can't sign quality free agents if they believe they are going to be used for leverage in other trade negotiations. These are human beings, despite most fans treating them as a means to their own self-flagellation. Maybe San Francisco gets great play from Lance and Darnold during training camp and does move one for draft picks. Does that make the team better? It doesn't in the moment. If they don't win the Super Bowl in the next year or two, Do you even remember the trade? All I know is I've watched a lot of quarterback injuries over the last 30 years in San Francisco, and I will be completely content if they keep Purdy, Lance, and Darnold on the team, 
all the way through their Super Bowl parade in downtown San Francisco? Or would they do it in Santa Clara? You know, now that's a juicy topic. Topic two. Will San Francisco keep Brandon Ayuk or Juwan Jennings after this season? This here is a real question, and one I don't know which way I'm leaning other than to find a way to keep them both. The 49ers picked up Brandon Ayuk's fifth-year deal, and Juwan Jennings will be a restricted free agent next year, which means San Francisco can place one of a few designations on him, in which if he signs with someone else, they receive compensation. I do think there is a scenario in which they can keep both players, but considering their salary cap situation, it's going to be very difficult. And for argument's sake, let's just assume you can only keep one. For this argument, I am going to assume last year's numbers will be duplicated. One might outshine or one might bomb, but speculating is silly and all we can really do is just enjoy the season we are given. I do feel Ayuk's abilities aren't being fully utilized in San Francisco. He was 21st in receptions and receiving yards among wide receivers, but was 10th among those top 21 in yards per reception. While I feel Debo Samuel is perfect in Shanahan's system, Ayuk is merely cutting his teeth here to be a more complete receiver in someone else's system. And while I hate to say it, I think Ayuk would kill in L.A. with Sean McVay. And now that I've said it, I almost want it to happen because Ayuk is a complete player and deserves to be in a system that can use him to his full capabilities. So perhaps I want to see him go Miami instead, as Tyreek Hill has made mention of retirement in the near future, but likely not soon enough to afford Ayuk. So the Jets... Could they send a first and second round pick for Ayuk and Trey Lance after the failed Aaron Rodgers experiment? I really do like Ayuk, but I think Juwan Jennings is perfect in the system. He's a pure brawler. I feel he gets more enjoyment from others making a play than he does as long as he gets a block. He is far better of a receiver than Kendrick Bourne, which is why this conversation even exists, because Bourne received a three-year $15 million contract from the Patriots. This was at a time when the league was coming off a COVID year and San Francisco knew they would be extending Kittle and Fred Warner. Now this goes back to what if these two players duplicate this year. In that scenario, I think San Francisco goes with a cheaper option in Juwan Jennings. And hell, maybe neither. Maybe they trade Ayuk for a second, potentially first round pick, and tender Jennings and receive a second round pick for him as well. Last year, the 49ers drafted Danny Gray, who played most of his snaps on special teams and had a few moments which endeared himself to the special teams unit and this past draft selected Ronnie Bell from Michigan, who is also a bit of a dog. It seems San Francisco has prepared to move on from Jennings, but I could see Danny Gray occupying Ayuk's spot. I am leaning more to keeping Jennings myself because I know what the Shanahan system covets and Jennings would be a cheaper option to help pay other positions while maintaining their offensive identity. But ultimately, I will hate to see either player go. I don't want to think about what next year might mean, so let's just enjoy every snap of this coming season, okay? Topic 3. How long will Trent Williams play? This might be the easiest question of this episode, 
as I think he plays one more season if they win the Super Bowl and two more seasons if they don't. So in my estimation, he plays only one more season and walks away a champion. He's already begun to speak about his eventual retirement, and if he wins it all, sorry, when he wins it all, he will be completely fulfilled and ready to move on. Trent Williams will retire on February 12, 2024. Topic 4. What effect will losing so many coaches over the last three seasons have? Every team in the NFL wants San Francisco's problems. A roster full of playmakers, a team who has made the NFC Championship game in three of the last four years. Yet those runs have resulted in three head coaches and three general managers and many other coaches poached to fill those other teams' staffs. Where is the continuity in San Francisco? Kyle Shanahan has run the offense his entire tenure, so losing Mike McDaniel and other offensive staff members hasn't been as big of an issue. However, he has lost two defensive coordinators who each elevated that side of the ball on their own merits, and now San Francisco will move forward with a defensive coordinator from outside the system. There is a reason to be optimistic, as Steve Wilkes' specialty is in the secondary, and Wilkes has said he won't mess with the defensive front. But you just don't know what will happen there. If I can say that the Eagles losing their two coordinators is a step back, then I have to at least acknowledge the same for the 49ers' defense. At least in the 49ers' situation, they have hired a coach who has experienced a defensive coordinator. But the team as a whole has lost a lot of coaches over the last few years where coaching continuity is a concern. And while I said losing offensive coaches isn't as big of an issue, it still is an issue however you slice it. Shanahan has a very detail-oriented offensive system, and if one of his coaches misunderstands a concept, it can greatly affect the outcome of one play, and as we've seen, one play can greatly affect the outcome of a season. This is my biggest issue coming into the season, and it's a bit of a cheat topic because I'm not hearing anyone talk about it. So I'm the one throwing it out there. Topic 5. Which current 49ers are potential Hall of Famers? I do hate this question, but it keeps popping up on the mailbags and message boards for the 49ers beat writers. And their answers are the same, typically. Trent Williams will go... Nick Bosa is trending to go as long as injury doesn't derail his career. Fred Warner needs to continue his spot as top linebacker in the league for another couple seasons. George Kittle needs another four or five years of top play. However, with George, everyone keeps saying what he needs to do from a pass-catching standpoint, and I disagree. I don't think he needs to maintain or elevate his pass-catching prowess because his run blocking is that good. If George plays another five years and is the starter that entire time, he better be voted in. As for the rest of the team, let's be honest here. We don't have the best player at every position, let alone Hall of Fame players. Can Christian McCaffrey make it? Sure. Can Hufanga? Hargrave? Jair Brown? Who fucking knows? And ultimately, who cares? Let's win a championship or two, then we can start rewarding players with Hall of Fame conversation. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to all of the training camp chatter and I will be posting fairly regularly as news comes out. We're hitting that part of the season where 
we can actually start talking about news and not speculation. Nobody gives a shit about speculation. I hate speculation. You can't bet on speculation. We want news, and news is about to pop. So until next episode, everybody. Thank you.